0: You're about to experience a message from South Lake Church. A church who gathers together 10:30 a.m. Sunday mornings at Hometown Heroes Park in League City, Texas. And here at South Lake, it's about relationships with Jesus. And we do this as we engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships. Make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with all that's happening here at South Lake again, I am Pastor Rob Bailey from South Lake Church, and today we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines and the discipline of worship. Now, here at Southlake, we've been talking about different ways of how we do discipline. We started off talking about what does it mean to be devoted, to study and devote in God's Word, and it takes time to be in Scripture. To know who He really is is to read His message. When we do such a thing, it's amazing how we get to know who He is, but a reminder that He loves you and me. Last week we talked about how we our prayer and fasting. See, it's great that we get to read about how God loves us, but it's also wonderful when we get to spend time in prayer, letting Him know, hear our heart and our mind, how we do love Him. Then when we have needs, we can come to Him and share it with Him. Now we also do fasting. This is a way that doesn't mean that what we pray about, what we say, comes true or makes God loves us more, but fasting helps focus our hearts and our minds back on who He is. And this is the joy when we all come together to do it. And in fact, this past Thursday and Friday, that's exactly what South Lake did. We had a prayer and fasting event where people were sharing, updating how their different fasts were going. And again, we could have done this for an hour, four, 12, a day. Some people try to do 36 hours. But again, this is a way of not just giving up food, but something that really pulls to your heart and say, you know what? I'm going to focus on God, my Father, who loves me cares about me. Well, today we're talking about worship. It's important to share that worship is a spiritual discipline. So everybody who's watching right now, you're part of that discipline as we speak. We live in a world full of chaos right now. I talked last week how our worship can a lot of times, or we say in our world, have a lot of disruptions. I don't know about you, but the amount of the disruptions that have happened this past week feels like a lot of chaos that's going on. And when the world gets chaotic and crazy, it's easy to lose what we're supposed to be focusing on: our Heavenly Father. And that's why we need disciplines to pull this back together, or else we'll just be reactive. So then how do we proactive? We uh, demonstrate spiritual disciplines in our lives to help us focus on our Lord. So again, today we're talking about worship. Now it's weird talking about worship when, yeah, we're not in a church right now. We're not in a hometown heroes. We're all separated from one another. But here's the thing. Worship doesn't just happen in a building. It happens where two or three are gathered. And everybody who's posting right now on Facebook, who's sharing where you're at, we're all in worship together as God's people. This is what it means. But I need to call something out. So if you have the YouVersion app and have been following along, you'll see i got some notes there. The first one is, what does worship actually mean? It means to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Actually, the first definition includes a deity, but the second one doesn't. The reason why I chose this one is because, you know what? There's a lot of things in our lives that we show respect, honor, or devotion to, not just to a deity. Think about that for a second. How much in our life do we spend time worshiping other things? We're all worshiping here together as one, no, as one family, multiple homes and locations right now. Uh, I know there's some people who have sent pictures in of worshiping within with their family together. Got a question. If it wasn't for the issues that we were dealing with here, would you still be in worship right now? Would you be around your family? Or would you be at a recital? Maybe a competition? I know there's soccer games going on maybe an AAU basketball tournament, and traveling. See, there's a lot of things in our lives that uh, ask for our respect, our honor, and especially our devotion. And when we start helping, especially with our kids, with all the things they got going on, it's easy to forget the one person we're supposed to be worshiping, our God, the one who made us, loves us, died for us, and lives for us. So as we're worshiping here together, I just hope you just take a moment to really Take a deep breath and enjoy the moment that, guess what, here we are as families, as households, taking time to be in worship. So one of the things I've, been, I've heard through this past week with having this disruption, the chaos of kids at home, is how trying to get your own work done as your kids are trying to do their schoolwork, as they're running around building uh, anything from a zip line from one banister to the other, to tripwires, to going out in the pond and just swimming around. How do you get everything done? Again, these are disruptions. Can you make the argument this is chaos? What we do is when we get focused back on our worship, that's how we actually come together. So I'm glad we're here together. I'm glad you guys are watching out there. I look forward to sharing what we're doing. So what does it mean to worship? Well, that's where our reading today comes from, Psalm 96. I'm going to read just a couple of uh, verses for you. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise His name. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. The first section of Psalm 96 really calls out who God is. He is the creator of all things. He has made it. He is this great and powerful, almighty authority. This is the God that we worship. Now, Psalm 96 was written after they uh, built the second temple. I just said second temple. What do I mean by that? Well, Psalm 96 is written by God's people, the Jewish people, when they returned from Babylon to Jerusalem, and they built a new temple. And they sang this psalm as a reminder of who that temple was for. It wasn't for them, but the God who made all things, who called them His people. That's the point of worship, and they understood that when they built the temple. But if we keep reading, this is what it says about this God. This God is the, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fills his sanctuary. Again, as we worship, as we give honor, respect, devotion, this is the God who we're talking about. A God above all things. And I know it's easy to read this and say, okay, we don't have idols, we don't have other nations we're dealing with, but again, what are things that take your devotion? What are things that ask for your honor, your respect? Because I can tell you a lot of those are idols in your life. For many, I can call it out right now, is the idol of money, as you're watching the stock market do all kinds of like a roller coaster, except the drop hasn't finished and it's still going. But if God is above all things, is he if He is the true authority then it's gonna be okay. Our hearts, our minds need to be focused not on what's going on on the TV, but what he is doing for all the world. Again, I mentioned our children and how it's easy for kids to take up our time all over. Again, we can actually worship our kids. They can become an idol. I know it's great to make sure we love them and care for them, but what happens when they move off to college and it's just you and your spouse and you have to learn how to live again without your kids hmm. or maybe that person you really worship is somebody you really care about and you love they spend time with here's the thing all of us disappoint each other we are broken broken and hurting, hurting people and if that's who you worship if that's who you devote all your things to you're going to fall flat you're going to lose out on the most beautiful relationship of the world ever which is our God in heaven. I know this sounds like a warning I'm sharing with you, but we're about to read, why is this so important to worship God? O nations of the world, recognize the Lord, recognize the Lord in His glorious, glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring offering, come to the courts. Worship the Lord, how splendor. Let the earth tremble before Him. Tell all the nations, the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. See, the psalmist is reminding us that this guy that we have, that we love, have a relationship with, we need to share it. Now, a great way to share it is right now with Facebook. You can hit, there's a little button right there in the corner, right? About right over here, here that says, Share. You can create watch parties. But it's not just about on Facebook, but it's people in your lives. How do you share your faith with others? Because not everybody knows him, not everybody has a worship towards God. And the scary part is, as the psalmist is saying, guess who's coming? God is. He's coming for his people. For those who don't know him, for all those who are separated from him, they'll be lost. It's our duty, our job as Southlake, as we engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships, to help others experience this relationship. And one of the great ways we can do that is show and be a part of worship. Again, not just at a house of worship, but with our family, with our friends, time together. Now here's a beautiful part right here. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the seas and everything in it shout in praise. Let the fields of their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, He is coming. Now I love uh, 11 and, verses 11 and 12 because guess who's actually anticipating worship and being with God? the earth. The earth is excited that her creator is coming back to be with us in relationship with us. This right here, this week, as I've been reading through this, reminds me of Romans chapter 8. A lot of people have been asking, let's ask the question, is this the end times right now? There's locusts, there's famine, there's all these things happening across the world. What's happening? If you go to Romans chapter 8, it actually reminds us what's happening there. So again, if you're watching version. I have it on your app. You can follow along. I'm just going to read the couple verses that I'm talking about right here. So it says here in Romans chapter 8 that the world is groaning like having birth pains. It's making a point that the world is hurting, that there's a brokenness. I don't know about you. I see that brokenness every day in the world as it's happening. The best way to explain this virus and everything else that's happening This is brokenness. This is sin. Anything that keeps away from God. And it's not just you and me that deals with sin. The world does. The earth does. But in Romans chapter 8, Paul reminds us that there's somebody coming to restore all things. Jesus Christ. All things will be made anew. And that's the joy and the hope we find in Romans chapter 8. That's what we see here in Psalm 96. Let the fields and their crops Burst out with joy. Let the trees and the forest sing for joy. They're giving worship. This is the joy that we have together at South Lake. Before the Lord, He is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice, the nations in His truth. This is the God who we worship. My question is for all of us here at South Lake who is this God that we worship? What is His name? Who is he as a person? Can we have a relationship with him? And the answer is yes. And where we find this answer comes from John chapter 14. And it's, again, in the New Version app, you can follow along. Let me just read this, because this is what Jesus reminds all of us about the brokenness of who he is. Jesus told him. Now he's talking to disciples, specifically Thomas. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, there's a similarity. God is the truth, and Jesus makes a point. He is the truth. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. Then Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and I will be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who sees me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives me, with me does his work through me. Jesus, believe that I am the Father, just believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do some, uh, the same works. I have done, um, I have done an even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So that the Son can be in glory to the Father. Yes, ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus is letting the disciples know, on the night in which he's betrayed, that he's about to leave them, and yet I and the Father are one. Just as in Psalm 96, it talks about giving praise so the Lord can create all things, Jesus makes a point to disciples that they too are seeing that, uh, that Lord. That He is with them now in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. That's some good news to hear. There's a Lord above all things. There's a Lord above all that is happening. And Jesus is telling the disciples, when they're scared, at a similar time just like us, that I will be with you. Just call on My name. And so when we worship together at South Lake, when we call upon the name of Jesus, that is what we're doing. We are giving devotion to our Lord Jesus Christ, who they are, who He is calling us to do. So with that good news, how do we share it? What do we do with it now? The first thing that we're doing as we're speaking right now, you know what that is? We spend time together. Share the words with one another. If you're with a couple people right now as you're watching this, myself with my family, share with them the love that you have for who God is, but hear their story. Listen to what's going on with them. The same then goes for those with your friends and your family. It's not about converting people and having them to switch faiths back to who God is. Allow them to see how you worship God. Allow them to see who you are devoted to and share that. Of course, make time to share on Facebook. Hit that share button. Let people experience this video. By the way, there will be a shortened version of just the message at the end of this. But here's the cool thing is that this is something we can do together. We are not alone when we share our faith. I know in a world where we're socially distancing, physically distancing, it can be sometimes difficult to realize that we're still one family together. But here's the exciting thing. We are. We have a Lord above all things, a Lord that's worth sharing and showing that love to others. For Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. And I want to tell that and share that with everybody. I don't know about you, that's some good news. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for taking time to hear a message from South Lake Church. And as we engage, grow, and share Jesus together, make sure to click subscribe on your favorite player. A way to stay up to date that's all happening here at South Lake Church, here in League City, Texas.